Welcome back to the program. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy God, I thank you and praise you for who you are, for all that you've done for us. Lord, we ask that you would bless this program, anoint us. Help us to be able to um, follow your lead. Lord, give us the, the grace of Elijah to recognize you in the still small voice, in the quiet of prayer, and that you would um, allow us to go deeper into this spiritual journey. Mother Mary, on this beautiful feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, we do ask for you to intercede for all Carmelite communities, uh, Discalced Carmelite communities, Third Order Carmel, and all of those who are devoted to the brown scapular. Um, Mother Mary, please intercede for us all. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, Carrie, are you all better? I, I know we've got a lot to cover today, and uh, I think the first word, probably the first place to start is the word COVID. How yes, I am better. I am doing great. You're doing all back to normal. I think I'm all better too. Um, I, it, it's weird. It, it's a weird thing, the experience of COVID. Um, you had it about three weeks ago? Yes. At least three weeks ago. I think so. And then um, I was with you. You were pretty much quarantined in your bedroom um, during the 10 days that you were um, like from first symptoms. But um, uh, I was with you uh, that whole time. And, and I test. I even got tested, right, because I was with you for so long. And even it was like over a week, like nine days in to your COVID experience, I got tested. And I tested negative. Oh, that was that far in? Yeah, it was really interesting. Were you having symptoms when you? No, I wasn't. I wasn't even having symptoms because um, you got it on like, let's say a, like a, a Wednesday, Friday. Uh, well, it showed up on Friday. That was when you had first symptoms, and then um, your ten days was the fourth of July, and I didn't actually show signs until the evening of the third of July. Oh, okay. So it was it was really odd. Like I went and got tested after you had um, shown indications, like in that five to seven day window, and um, none of our kids had any signs. I thought for sure it. you would have tested positive. I know, I know. It was a, it was a real surprise to me, but I, I didn't have symptoms. And then all of a sudden, just when you were like coming out of your quarantining period, all of a sudden, I said, I feel horrible. And so I, I was waited. like, I don't even think you need to be tested, honey. I know it was kind of like there was no other like sensible thing. Like, how would I not have it? Like, this doesn't make sense to have a a, um, a flu like this in the middle of the hot summer. But whatever the case, I was in my room for like five to it was like six days in, and so I was in the window to get tested, and I tested positive, and so now I'm beyond my ten days. What was and your most unusual symptom? Most unusual symptom? That's a good question. Um, well, how would you compare it to like a, the flu we got last March? It was, the flu was a lot worse. Yeah, it, the it flu was, we had. It lasted longer. It was more intense. It was like the fever, the chills, the body aches, the just like congestion. tiredness was the stronger. Tiredness. It was, ex yes, the exhaustion. Yeah, yeah I didn't so think this was that tricky to navigate but i don't know what you know how taking the zinc or the vitamins or getting right on um prescription medications help that but those people who i know five people that have had it and for the most part it's been pretty insignificant the heart the weirdest symptom for me was the achy legs like my legs really hurt kind of like you went for like a five mile run or maybe an 10 mile run, which I don't do, but it hurt beyond typical. And so just some Advil helped ease that. I think for me, it's probably the tiredness and it's sort of, let's call it the lingering tiredness. Like yes. I never lost my smell or taste. Um, but I thought that, okay, I'd reached my 10 days. And I told the story on the program um, yesterday about I was out helping Ron like clean the area. Oh, that's right. The fence, and I got super... so exhausted. I was like, what? I've never experienced that before. And um, all I could say, it was sort of like the um, lingering tiredness of COVID. So I, I don't, 
I, I would say that that's part of it. It's like when I think I've climbed out of it, it's still there. Yeah. Well, and now it's sort of like, I don't understand this sort of chain reaction effect because we had all our kids around us, even though we were like relatively quarantined um, and the kids were quarantined with us when you first got it. I know, but they um, still came in my room to ask me things or to bring me things. It wasn't like a perfect lockdown environment. Yes, that's true. With uh, uh, seven kids at home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I don't think they take it very seriously. Like, right. and I was like, you have to leave. I am watching a show. I need to get to my next episode. You are interrupting. Yeah, I got a lot of good shows watched during that's that time. Funny. Well, it's funny because... Um, as soon as I hit my 10 days, all of a sudden, one of our daughters said, I'm starting to feel the scratchy throat. I'm starting to feel what would be considered some of these signs. So we, you know, we actually did, we means you, um, got her tested. Well, part of, part of the trickiness of COVID is how do you get tested? When do you get tested? Where, do you, Where do you get tested? And I don't know, like it's different in different counties, but over here in Spokane, the easiest, quickest, most convenient thing that we found from my sister, who's from California, is go to a drugstore and just buy two tests for $24. And it's done by like Abbott Laboratories, and you can just bring them home. It's kind of like a, they have like the two lines and they both turn pink. It's kind of like a pregnancy test, but you, you stick it up your nose instead of going to the bathroom on it. <laughs> Sorry for the detail. But um, we knew within five minutes if um, you would know within five minutes if you have it or not. So if you're wanting to go to an event or you have to go to work and you're just, you've been exposed, but you're not sure. Maybe you have an itchy cough. There's a flu going around right now that's really contagious and also like mimics the symptoms of COVID. It's just really for sake of like peace of mind, if you're going to go visit somebody and you just aren't sure, you don't want, you don't mind spending $12. It's, you know, get two tests. Um, it's really helpful. I just couldn't believe that. I could not believe like, how come that wasn't promoted? <laughs> Why don't we know this? Cause we like, spent we ridiculous hundreds, amount of time. <laughs> I hate to say how many hundreds of dollars we spent getting our kids tested and me tested using an urgent care clinic i won't say the name of multi-care out loud because i'd get mad at them and you don't you don't just get to walk in and get tested you have to get a doctor visit before to, you can get the test to give you a prescription for a test so, so it's they just said, one woman pulled me aside crazy. and said look the cheapest way to do this is to do this as an e-visit and then once you get clearance then you come down and then you can take the test for free i did that and i got a bill in the mail for 180 dollars Minus 120 you already spent. Anyhow, just to Minus say, go to the drugstore. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Ah, <laughs> go to, to a drugstore. When I was told this was the cheapest way to do it, then find out Walgreens. Like if you just use go through the CDC site, you can just do a drive through And so I ended up doing a drive through test as, as my other test. And it was so easy. Pull up. They gave me the thing. I swabbed my nose. I put it in. A few hours later, I got the email saying, congratulations, you tested positive. Yeah. I so say congratulations. Congratulations. But, uh, and since then, I've been getting phone calls. I've gotten phone calls from three different groups. Seriously, three different groups letting me know that I got results in, saying that I tested positive. Have they offered to... Send like, meals. I want I food sent to our house. Oh, it was really fascinating. <laughs> they will pay your mortgage. They will pay for your Carrie, car payments. Carrie, you're just <laughs> getting a little triggered here. <laughs> yeah, so they, um, well, you know, and, uh, and all this stuff. So, well, and I'm glad. I mean, I got, I got through it. Well, anyways, this, these other, this alternative, oh my goodness, it's called Binax, B-I-N-A-X. You just go to a drugstore and ask for the, um, like the rapid test box. Kit. Yeah, Binax now, B-I-N-A-X now. It's a COVID-19. It comes in a box of two tests by Abbott, A-B-B-O-T. And I mean, it's it's like perfect. We've got these boxes now of these tests in our house. Yeah, like if you have a kid so, who might want to go hang out or they have to go to a practice or even a tournament or work, it's very convenient. Yeah, it was like super easy. And so we did that for our two boys. They were both going in two different directions. And we're like, uh-uh, take a test. And so they took the test, they both tested negative, and it's like, okay, you can go. Anyhow, that's just really convenient. I don't, you know, you don't have to navigate this again, thank God, but you don't know where to go or what to do. And what was really fortunate is I just was blessed by very many 
family and friends who sent us information, sent us links, sent us different studies. It was just really helpful. I felt like, okay, we're all in this together and let's figure this out and support each other. And that was really, I don't know, I thought that was really encouraging when you're feeling sick and you just don't know what to expect. And then it's like, oh yeah, no big deal. It was easy. Yeah. But that's our, I don't know if we have the Delta variant or what, it was just an easier time. Whereas I know a lot of people, not a lot, but I've heard stories of people that had it last year last summer and um, maybe last fall. And it was much more strenuous and difficult and cumbersome and complicated. And that's just not what we've experienced. Right. And we're not doctors, so we're not recommending, like, do this. But from our own research, one of the biggest, um, like, healthful paths that is just seemingly a no-brainer is take your vitamins and especially vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc. And so we have those, and we line them up for the kids so that they will take these. I mean, even if you the don't immune system. Yeah, sorry, right. Tom. Yeah, if, even if you don't have COVID, you should just be on the ready to bolster and keep strong your immune system. Right, and and to be able to fight hard and, and, and to knock the thing down. And so, all right, have we covered the first section? Are we done talking about COVID? Who is done talking about vaccines and COVID and everything related to it? I'm so tired of it. I, but what I find interesting, I don't know, I call it interesting, is somehow we were, I, we, I think we both thought we had COVID. Um, like way back when, like a year and a half ago. Um, and then we thought we maybe got it in the fall or whatever. And now all of a sudden come to find out, well, we did actually get it now. It, it's like it took that long to somehow reach us and in, in even other members of our community. And so it, it is interesting, this chain link thing. Like you just, like the, the throw up flu is not chain link. Everybody gets it at once. Everybody goes through it and then it's gone. Um, you know, the amount of like ability to spread quickly and get like through a house is like amazing. Uh, With the throat flu. Yeah, but it's not amazing. It's, not the, the norovirus is the worst. That was terrible. Four kids at once. But with this, you, I mean, you were tr- kind of trying to get it. I wouldn't say that, but I'm like, you should just get it now and be done with it. Now that you have your vitamins and you know what to do. And it took you like 10 days Whereas I don't even know exactly how many days it took for me to get it, but it wasn't um, as contagious to you. Maybe it just depends on people's biomedical whatever makeup. I thought you would have gotten it a lot, a lot faster. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, so, anyways, it's it is one of those things where um, for us the virus became an opportunity to experience really some beautiful support from the community of faith. Um, folks reaching out and offering, um, you know, support in, in a variety of forms. And then um, also just like, I, for me, it's kind of like, don't take for granted your health. Don't take for granted your... Um, Our medical system. Yeah, your medical system, just, right. Yeah, and there was, I don't think, you know, I don't necessarily think if we were in another country, we would have the same calm and peace and assurance that it would be fine or that everything would be okay. Right. And, I, and I think the most complicated piece of it, which isn't really, besides trying to figure out the testing, was the quarantining and just the staggering, when am I done? Who can I see? What happens if other kids get it? Then it's another two weeks and we have to cancel our trip. We have to cancel our plans. We have to, and I, I know, you know, this wasn't, that's not a life and death annoyance, but that I think for our simple encounter with it was the most um, cumbersome. Yeah, it definitely impacted my ability to work. I lost, a, I lost a, more or less a week of work. Um, and so that was, yeah. But it, I, I can kind of wish it didn't happen during the summer, right? During vacation. Because I know it was a burden for the kids who didn't have it to have to be home. Um, and so I'm sorry you can't go be with your friends. Um, but you know what? It just was for a short period. And the kids, the kids were pretty good troopers with it. Oh, yeah, they're fine. You know? So anyways, well, this is Tom Carnan with my wife, Carrie, and today we are sharing with you a bit about sort of our recent journey through COVID. I'm going to update you on um, how things are going keto-wise, and, and that actually it gives us some insight into the nature of habits in the spiritual life. And that'll be a natural actually lead into today's feast day, Our Lady of 
Mount Carmel and some kind of neat updates um, for you all as uh, you listen today on Sound Insight. Um, and I am going to also bring up a very important men's conference that is happening with an incredible guest. I have no idea how they got him, but the fact that he's coming is amazing. Who is it? I'll tell you in a minute in Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. I'm with my wife, Carrie, and sharing a little bit about our recent journey here. Carrie, I mentioned, I, I put a big teaser just before the break, I gotta let everybody know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat. The Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat that has a sort of an infamous place in my own life. What was that? Do you remember what it was, Carrie? No. It's one of the only two events in my over 20, almost 30 years now of actually speaking at events where I had to leave because I was sick. I flew out to Idaho for this inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat. On Friday night, I woke up Saturday with literally no voice. And I was so sick, I had to come home. And so it was just, I'm still still traumatized. <laughs> You're traumatized. <laughs> so they actually had me come back the next year. So they were very merciful to me. Uh, but folks, men, men, special gift to you, men, coming up on October the 8th. It's a Friday through Sunday the 10th, you want to come. It's going to be filled up because they have actually moved it to a bigger venue, Carrie. Nice. They had to move it to a bigger venue because of the main speaker. Now, do you know who the main speaker is? Uh, no. You don't know. It's Cardinal Raymond Burke. And he's important? He is incredibly important as a voice to speak strongly and prophetically to the challenges of our time. Is he from the United States? Is he a cardinal? Yeah, here? he is. Yeah, he okay. um, was, I believe he was the Bishop of La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then moved to um, St. Louis. And then from there, um, I believe he had some role at the Vatican. And then um, he is now um, sort of like the overseeing um, the uh, Knights of Malta. I believe. Oh, wow. No, I'm going to ask a dumb question. How many cardinals are part of the United States or the Northwest? How are many the cardinals? So North there America? are like about 130-something-ish cardinals that they typically range around there. Uh, there. There might be some more older ones because when you talk about cardinals, you're talking about those who have the um, the responsibility to participate in the conclave. You know what a conclave is? Something about a pope and Something electing a pope. a pope. That's right. Very <laughs> but good. do cardinals retire or are they like forever? Yeah, 75. So when they're 75, oh. um, if they are an archbishop, um, they they have a mandatory submission of their resignation uh, at 75. And then it sits there until the pope acts on it. And the pope says, okay, I acknowledge and I receive your um, retirement. Um, and so you'll leave that role, that office uh, but you can participate in a conclave up until you're 80. Oh, interesting. And so, um, so Cardinal Burke is one who has been um, uh, critical of certain um, church documents that have come out in the papacy of Pope Francis. He's one of the cardinals that were part of what's called the dubia, the the like we wonder about, I, oh, the okay. doubt, right? The doubts. Right? Oh, yeah. Of course, uh, in Latin. Dubia. The, the dubia. To, so to they, doubt. there were these four dubia, these four like doubts, like, okay, we've got a question for you about this document. It seems to say this. The church teaching seems to be this. Uh, can you help us get clear on this? Is he like Ratzinger really intellectual or is he yeah. more like holy, prayerful? Well, Ratzinger is very holy, holy and prayerful. Well, yeah, So I would say that Cardinal <laughs> Burke his is, strength is... Uh, he's holy, but... I've got a place in my heart for for Pope Benedict, Emeritus Benedict, that incredibly holy. And um, Cardinal Burke is definitely intellectual, but not a theologian like Cardinal Ratzinger. Okay. He's more of a like insightful commentator. Like um, Good. read the signs of the times yes. and interpret them in the light of the gospel. I like that. Right. So that's the call of the church in every age. Read the signs and then interpret what does this mean for us. And so um, he is, he's going to give, I can't believe it, he's going to give like five talks. 
Wow. Yeah. It's like you could shake it. There's have one a... guy that bring it in to do the first talk. Some sketchy guy named Tom Curran. So <laughs> after his five talks, you should like get a credit college credit or something. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah, so I'm giving a talk on confession. Then they're going to go to confessions, uh, which is good. I'm glad they do that. And then um, he'll be celebrating the opening mass. And then they start with um, sessions. I wonder uh, if they'll do it online. Like if you can participate because okay. of how technology has advanced. So this is a secret. Don't tell anybody. Okay. But I once they sell out, with me. right, it's going to carry the, the reality is, guys, if you want to go to this Inland Northwest Men's Retreat, you've got to sign up because literally there are going to be people. They, they already are getting like inquiries from like six states. Okay. Excellent. So it's going to fill up. So men, men, you got to come. You just, well, the re- there's a reason why people come from six states. You don't get to hear him. Cardinal Burke is not like on the circuit. And so the fact that he would be with you for a whole weekend retreat, speaking about the truths of the faith. Oh, my goodness. Where's it at, Tom? It's in Coeur d'Alene. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, so you stay at the resort, so bring your wife. We'll do yeah. something with all the women. <laughs> so we'll do some kind of like... another secret <laughs> that there is an attempt to try to come up with some event so that... Um, for wives? For wives. Oh, that's so for funny. The laity. Well, <laughs> Carrie, again... Because you definitely want to go to Coeur d'Alene with your spouse and just like have a, like a little getaway for the weekend, right? Maybe we can In October. Like a, maybe we can say, come for the weekend, uh, Men go hear Cardinal Burke. Women, you can hear Carrie. Carmen. I will be like, let's go to cocktail hour. <laughs> I'm terrible. I would not know. So I'm trying to think. They could actually do something though, because there are plenty of awesome women speakers, and I think um, it just freshens up that whole marital. You know, you come back from your talk. One comes back from her talk. You share about what you learned. You go out to dinner with like five couples. You coordinate. Some kind of like six couples come over from right. this city, this so town. They're, they're, okay, they're saying, okay, guy, just tell me the website. Okay, the website <laughs> is I N, like inland. Uh, no, I N W, as in inland northwest. I N W men's org. I N W men's org. Folks, if you listen to Sound Insight, you are going to hear um, like some promotional messages for this event beginning now because they already have like they haven't even promoted it what wait when you say it's in cordeline is it at a parish or is it like no a... it's at a, they had to use a hotel they had to actually oh, cool. book a hotel they had to find the hotel with the largest capacity to be able to host a group wouldn't that be the resort yeah but they um it had to be available during the days when cardinal burke was available so they got the that was a that was a, like a limitation so it's October the 8th to the 10th, October the 8th to the 10th, Friday through Sunday. Um, and so uh, he's going to be talking about really like key messages that you want to hear. Like his last talk, his sixth, his fifth talk is on the message of Fatima for evangelizing the world. I want to hear that talk. I mean, that Looks is so really cool. Good. When I think people are ready for in-person men gathering be together camaraderie unity these are the men of the church let's fight let's let's man up i don't know i just think it'd be a great time for guys to get together and to have the perspective of a cardinal who literally is in touch with like the top people around the world in the catholic church today someone who's faithful who's courageous who is strong who's not afraid but he is super like He's also very respectful. When a cardinal shows up, does that mean that the bishops have to like oh, come and be present? So not um, that they don't want to, but is there a, like a order? A protocol? Yeah, yeah. So the protocol is that um, a cardinal would never um, accept um, a um, an, an invitation to speak in another bishop's diocese without the expressed permission and approval. Now, the diocese that Coeur d'Alene is part of, do you know what it's called? Boise. So it's the whole state. The whole state well, but is Boise the diocese. Is a city. It's so funny. I know. It should be called the Idaho Diocese. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, typically they're associated with the city. So the, the amazing thing is that it's the entire state. So the bishop is re- in residence down there, but 
I'm going to wonder whether the bishop will actually show up, knowing that Cardinal Burke is going to be there. Um, you know, maybe for an opening mass or a closing mass or for some other event. Um, and, you know, laity also, you can send your priest to this because I know that, again, I get the insider knowledge that they're planning <laughs> um, a special event for priests with Cardinal Burke after the fact. How many guns do you think will be at this event? Like people carrying. <laughs> Just wondering in Idaho, Cordell, sorry, I just had to go there. Yeah, well, let me say they will have security there. So um, that, that, won't, that won't be a question. But I just am giddy with excitement. October the 8th to the 10th, guys. And you're listening in Seattle. I know you've had men conferences there and all of that. But come out here. Come on out. I'm, I'm serious. You got to come out. And go to inwmensretreat.org quickly because... Um, it's going to sell out. I, let me say it again. It's going to sell out. So you want to get a group of guys and come here and just, you'll be able, you'll be hanging out with other guys that are like you that have that like intense sense of, um, really committed to the renewal of the church, the protection of the family and the, um, love of the Catholic faith and its spread in our moment that's what you're going to hear about. And you're going to be with other like-minded guys and you'll be able to pray for that. Um, go to mass adoration, confession, and hear amazing talks. So, um, that's a great I time that of enough? the fall. Yeah. They should have like a, like a breakout session for like how to shoot a gun or something. <laughs> like <laughs> go down to the local, there's a bunch of the, uh, what do they even call those places? shooting ranges? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's in the fall. I'm thinking hunting. I'm thinking outdoors. Carrie, you're so funny. You're so funny. I should be helping with this. Yeah. <laughs> Help with the promotion side on the women's no, side. No, you're great at the promotion side. I'm just like, let's have fun. So, yeah, but it's all about seeking God and getting on. So, so that's coming up. The Inland Northwest Catholic Men's Retreat, October the 8th. It begins at noon and it goes until Sunday. And it's in Coeur d'Alene. Um, right, right there, right in that downtown area. Um, and so super excited to be able to um, have you. And again, just listen to Sound Insight because you'll hear messages. Um, you'll hear messages about this, um, about this event coming up. Um, in fact, um, I, I've been kind of advocating to interview Cardinal Burke about the retreat and just interview him. So um, we have a, a connection going with his scheduler. Great. So isn't that cool? The only conference I've been to in the last year is this Maidens by His Design online on Zoom. Right? Is that the only thing I've been to? I'm thinking because of things being shut down. Anyhow, it's been really good. It's with my little girls, my three littlest. And we have one more class. And I, we just kind of watch it when we want to, to. It's very convenient. But... I know in the summertime, it is a time for us to grow, read, study, pray. I mean, just have more time to do those kinds of things that we are, that gets crowded out during the school year. And so, and then another daughter of mine is doing, it's called Secrets of a Happy Heart. It's a scripture study, which is nice. But other than that, I haven't really gone to any kind of big event. You know, Carrie, it's... um. Uh, something I mentioned again, I think it was it aired yesterday or, or the day before on Sound Insight that so many ministries have had to reconfigure and um, find a way to offer the ministry they do in online formats. It's been impressive. I think how people have pivoted has been really encouraging, and I am amazed at how much how many more people they can reach if they can figure it out. And they can dial in their, you know, all the technology. You can meet, you can reach so many more people. I and mean, it's pretty phenomenal. So uh, I remember over 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> are, we, are we reliving? <laughs> I'm reliving. I'm reliving the glory something days here. No, it was <laughs> over 20 years ago where I was like crisscrossing the country speaking at these conferences. This was kind of like the golden age, the golden age of conferences that dioceses would put on were the like late 90s mm -hmm. because you had religious ed conferences, you had youth conferences, Marian conferences, men's conferences, evangelization conferences, all of these charismatic yes. conferences. They were, they were just all over the place. And I can remember um, 
um, you know, I'd go to these events and I would do these trainings, these leadership trainings. And then after the event, people would get in touch with me and say, hey, you know what, you mentioned this during the training, but what do I do in this circumstance? And so I, it, this was the moment of coaching emerging as a thing, as a field. And I'm like, wait a minute, I can have bigger impact on more people and not have to travel and cost less. It'd be less of an expense if I just started offering um, what I call formation by phone sessions. I don't know if you remember that. I used to no, do I don't remember by that. Phone. I don't remember yeah. that. So um, what would happen is like these charismatic leaders conferences, they'd call me up and say, will you come in and do this? I said, how about this? Why don't I work with your leaders by phone? I'll send you an outline. You can go through the teaching as a group and I'll facilitate it and I'll offer insight and I'll walk with you week to week as you're implementing it so that I can provide live solutions. It'll cost you less. It'll be more intensive. It'll have a bigger impact and it will, um, it'll save everybody time, trouble and energy. And most, the, most of the answers I got back from people were no. And the reason was it was different. Yes, that it would was be just very, weird. That would stretch. It was just like, I don't get it. Why we want to see you and be with you for three hours on a Saturday, and you're going to teach us in a workshop setting. Well, see, part of the power of an event is being together with each other in that kind of energy that happens. I think, and what I'll do is when I hear a speaker's coming, like Cardinal Burke, I'll go look for any of his YouTube talks, or I'll look up a speaker and like, okay, do I really want to go see them? How insightful or fresh or current or convicting or holy or whatever that person is so no that's a good point all right we're up against a break when we come back more sound insight please stay tuned welcome back to sound insight this is tom curran so carrie one of the online platforms that you have um also um like accessed or used sort of online sources is around the keto diet um, it, it, do they call it a diet or do they call it a healthy eating system or what do they call it? I don't know. If they K-E-T-O, call it a, if you're following it. I don't know if and, do and I'm at least one of us is following it. You are doing amazingly. It's awesome to watch you just take shape. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, the hardest thing is French toast. I love that's the hardest thing. I love French toast. I love the butter. I love the syrup. I like the chewy, like that thick Costco roll. You're not helping me at I all know. doing this. It's not donuts. It's not cake. It's that morning sweet. I don't even know. But, um, or, or I love toast. I like that Dave's, Dave's bread, that Dave's guy, whatever it's called. That I love that bread too. So that's tough. Yeah, I I will say this, that I've hit that stretch. I think that... God was humbling me a little bit because I was like, oh, this is so easy. It's the easiest diet ever. And then ever since I said that, it started getting harder and harder. So I, I'm at that stage in my little keto journey where it's difficult to follow the plan. How much have you lost? Have 25 you... pounds. That's so awesome. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I'm really happy with that. And I, I, I'm actually on a goal, right? I'd like to lose another 20 to 25 pounds. Um, and so we'll see if I can get there. Um, but COVID slowed me down significantly. Yes. And then um, didn't you drink like a Gatorade the other day, which I did when I you did. were fainting, passing yeah. out, <laughs> it's like electrolytes, let's go. Um, no, but you still have been really consistent. Um, I will say one of the like two big effects, the two biggest effects from keto in my life. Number one, I don't nearly feel the need to eat as much as I ate before. I don't have a need to eat three meals. I just so you don't. just look at weight or food differently. Unbelievable. It's like I've been, I had lived in a mindset that said, you wake up, you eat a meal. You get to lunch, you eat a meal. You then have dinner because you need three square meals a day. And then having the freedom to snack in between meals if it would serve me. And often, Eating served me as a way to bump up my energy. Well, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. Is the it, reason, was it bumping down your energy, do you think? Or? No, I would, I would take the sugar high or the caffeine high to get me through all of the lows that came after eating all those carbs and sugars oh, during the meals. So it's like, 
I, you know, this whole intermittent fasting thing, eat all your food in this eight hour window. Like I literally don't need to eat before lunch. Now I've noticed from a couple of the podcasts I listened to that people go from keto into like one meal a day and it's a natural crossing over, which I don't think it makes any sense unless you do keto for like a week or two and get into ketosis. And then you realize, oh, I don't really need food the way I used to need it, or I don't crave it in the same way. Yeah. I, and maybe that's what it is, right? Cause, um, one of the things that like in the spiritual life, um, that you'll learn folks, uh, that my spiritual director taught me was that there are many things that are happening in our like spiritual lives that are connected to our emotions, that are connected to um, the the um, way that our 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 spiritual life impacts our bodily life that we're not aware of. We're so not just not emotions, but your physical and then mental or yeah, as you, well? you don't like it. So you you might notice that like oh that guy's shutting down emotionally okay. or that person isn't very like emotionally astute aware or available and it's like why is that and the answer is you ask them and they're like i have no idea okay. this is just how i am so they're not feeling what they're feeling and so the feeling state of their being is not something that they're attuned to so they don't have permission for them in their own bodies to actually feel what they're feeling and that's connected to our spiritual lives well, when it comes to food, that's also a thing. Interesting. And so when it comes to fasting, intermittent fasting, it's like, wait a minute, do you realize how much your food is shutting down your feeling state where you're literally numb to how you're actually eating? Like, why are you eating like that? Well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm eating to find comfort. I'm eating because... I'm bored. I'm bored. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, a little pick me up. Or because it's in front of me and it's the habit that I do. That's so, so you're saying that this could actually lead you into a better connection to food and bodily impact into your spiritual life? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Because um, again, if you read all the great spiritual masters, especially those who put an emphasis on fasting, they will talk about the insight, the... Uh, capacity to be aware of what was happening spiritually because they had restrained the appetites of the body. The appetites of the body weren't just something that were operating at an unconscious level and then they were pushing on me and then I was acting on it and just eating. And I'm like, why am I eating, right? So when that, when that dynamic diminishes, when it, when it lowers significantly, then all of a sudden now I find myself saying, oh, it's lunchtime. And I'm like, but I'm not hungry. Well, let me just move on. And it's like, I don't lack energy. I don't feel like I'm starving. I actually feel a kind of fullness. So like just today. Yeah. I and it, I think it's also not that you feel full, but you also feel, I would say satisfied. Like there isn't this just like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, the, grum the grumbling in my tummy. Oh, the that kind of distraction that keeps pulling you back to, you know, thinking about food. It just dissipates. Is that, would you say that's how you experience yeah. it? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting. I remember um, there was a guy that worked with me um, in Paladin, the Innov Paladin Innovators, and he would have this sugar-free peanut butter. It was like organic peanut butter. And, um, but just, there's no such thing as sugar-free peanut butter. Is there? Whatever you call it. still have brown, something in that peanut butter that's sugary, but anyhow. It's like one gram. It's like almost no sugar. Oh, because the one we have is seven grams. Are you sure? No, yes. no, that's no seven grams of carbs. Oh, yes. That's well, not the same thing. I don't think there's any sugar then. Yeah. It's like, it's like one I, gram I, of sugar, but it's, it. it's, it's like, uh, it's just a small amount of carbs. Okay. And I can remember him like taking his lunch break and having, um, having like some, like a blob of the peanut butter, which was very creamy and celery. And I just like <laughs> thought to myself, how could you eat that? Why would you eat that? Like I can, I'm going to get like a, a steak and cheese sub <laughs> with Let's French go, fries and a big Coke. <laughs> and he's eating this. And I'm like, it's like a, it's like rabbit food. Well, that's what I had for lunch today. I know that's what you're eating now. I had lunch today and you know what? I was full. I was full with a couple of table, tablespoons of that peanut butter, creamy peanut butter, and 
a few pieces of celery. And I mean, apart from COVID, you don't have that crash. You don't have those peaks and lows as much. I think you're a lot more steady. So, so I mentioned there were two impacts. The other is the inflammation. You know, there was something that we heard on the podcast that your inflammation in your body will go down. So aches and pains in your joints will lessen. And I thought, oh, that's a nice theory. Well, it has, it's absolutely the case in my regard. So I'm like, wow, I'm eating less. I don't get hungry. When I eat, I just eat until I get full. I'm not eating the carbs and the sugars. And I'm actually doing fine. And I'm losing weight. And I'm not starving myself. And I don't feel aches and pains in my joints. What is not to love? Yes. I, I just want to point this out, Tom. You were a little discouraged at the lack of speed at which you were losing weight. But you were not doing, because you had COVID, you were not working out. You were taking more naps, resting more. So it... It, but you were still losing weight, even though you weren't doing any kind of exercise. Well, what I realized was I was taking um, that um, emergency packets to get my vitamin C, vitamin D3, and zinc. You're taking a couple a day, weren't I you? I was taking three a day, oh. every eight hours. I would take that like a, a full daily dose, and um, it has sugar in it. And so I wonder, it's my speculation, that taking in that amount of sugar three times a day was actually impacting that ketosis effect on my body because I didn't depart from the keto diet even during the COVID days, which is amazing. Yes. Because typically when you're, you're sick, amazing. you forego your, your diet plan. So I don't know, it's just, um, it's an encouragement folks on, on a couple of levels. The first is this, that if you find yourself discouraged with certain kind of diet plans that are principally about starving yourself, take a look at keto, K-E-T-O, um, and there are different forms and versions of it. Um, you might find that it's a way to experience some bodily impacts that are very positive that also will overflow into a kind of like spiritual um, support, a support for spiritual disciplines like fasting. Uh, my brother was telling me about a book that's called, um, it was about fasting. And, and basically it was showing how, how Jesus could actually fast for 40 days um, because of um, like insights learned from the keto diet and intermittent fasting. I found that really interesting. Um, I got to dig further into it. I don't want to like make up stuff about how they like show that that's the case, but um, it, it, it makes not sense. Just, it wasn't just a symbolic thing. Yes. It was like a real thing. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, more Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. Well, today's the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And so Our Lady of Mount Carmel is um, a devotion to the Blessed Mother connected to um, Mount Carmel, which is this um, mountain range that has visibility to the Mediterranean Sea. And there is sort of like a, a longstanding tradition um, connected to Mount Carmel, first of all, to um, what, which Old Testament prophet? Um, Ezekiel. Jeremiah. Isaiah. Well, you had it with the E. Uh, uh, Elijah. Elijah. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Do so, I, I don't even know if those are prophets. Yeah, so there was a story about how um, Elijah, remember now, he was awaiting, like the, 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 um, there was a, a shutting down of, um, of rain, right? Okay. For years of drought. And so when he was on Mount Carmel, when he saw the little cloud that promised that the rains would come, and so it was a place of encounter with God. It was also a place where he encountered the prophets of Baal. And so you remember that we talk about, um, this is an Elijah moment. Yes. And by that we mean, here's Elijah talking to the people of Israel who have been led astray by King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Remember now, a foreign queen that he took uh, as a wife um, and led them into false worship, which was the worst act of a king, was to lead the people into false worship, the worship of Baal. And so Elijah faced down 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. And there, there was the speaking to the people. How long will you straddle the issue? Does that make you want to go to Mount Carmel? Don't you have this like, don't you think we should take a trip to like... <laughs> it's so funny. I've never thought of that because I would so always cool. 
So I would I would there. instead go to like Alba de Tormes in 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 Spain, because that's one of the important monasteries in the history of um, the Discalc Carmelites. We can go like there too. Trisurvavala. I think we could fit it all. Do in. both. Yeah. Let's go. Fit it all in. Yeah. So um, so there, it, Mount Carmel stands as a symbol for making a decision. You can't straddle the issue. If the Lord is God, follow him. If the foreign gods, follow them. If Baal, follow him. And the people did not respond. That was the problem, is that Elijah came with the prophetic word, but the people preferred the comfortable living in both worlds. And so you remember it was build the altar, slaughter the, the, the sacrifice, the sacrificial um, uh, uh, cow, and call down fire. And it was the God who answers with fire is God. And God obviously answered with fire. And then, he, then the, it led to the death of the prophets uh, of Baal. So Now, why does, what, how does Mary play into all this? So... Um, you have in the excuse me in the history of the Carmelites. Was that a COVID cough? That kind of sounds like a COVID cough. Sorry, uh, you're hearing it live. <laughs> the lingering <laughs> impact. Sorry. Um, so uh, in the 13th century, maybe even earlier, right? The tradition is that it goes back even earlier. You had um, solitaries who would go out and live in these caves um, out at the out on the mountain. And, and then had a kind of community. But the Carmelites themselves more historically go back to St. Simon's Stock. Um, and so he was the saint of the brown scapular. Nice. And so you have, um, you have the Carmelites there in, in at least, let's say, the 12th, 13th century. Um, but then they really experienced their renewal in the 16th century with um, St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. Um, who reformed the Carmelites and formed the Discalced Carmelites. You know what Discalced means? Something without shoes. Without shoes, right. I've heard so this from it, and, and the idea was that they, with, they became known because of their act to conform their lives to a more vigorous reading of the original rule of the order, that the order had become too comfortable and lax. And so... This was a um, an attempt to reform the order. So, um, so one of the ways that the laity who were drawn by the uh, profound spirituality of the Carmelites was to participate in it, to share in it. And so, one way they got to share in it was through this devotion of the scapular. So, the scapular it refers to like actually the cloth that goes over the shoulders. Okay, but. For us, a scapular is what? A tiny piece of brown cloth at front and back. But it was basically a way of miniaturizing what the religious would live uh, in their way. And it was a sign of their way of devoting themselves to the Lord after the manner of the Carmelites. So in our own way, we are consecrating our lives to you, O Lord. And there became a promise that the Blessed Mother gave to those who would wear the scapular, right? That, that if they died in, uh, if if they died wearing the scapular, living in accord with that spirit of the um, of what is symbolized by that, that they would not suffer the fires of hell. And then there's more. And there's more. There's more, <laughs> and that is it's called the Sabatine privilege. That um, yeah, in, I, I don't remember all the conditions, but. Um, if you die um, uh, in in faith, wearing that scapular uh, during the first the the next Saturday after your death, the Blessed Mother will come and get you out of purgatory. Excellent. Okay. You want in on that the Sabatine <laughs> privilege? Let's go. I'm not going so. to purgatory, so I don't know. What. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going straight up, man. Oh wow, that Claiming means you're, gonna, you're going for the martyrdom path. <laughs> Because you're not getting there through holiness, so wait, you're outing me. I'm outing you. Well, you know that's actually one of the other gifts of, um, like, when we think of the feast of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, I think about the um, the stages of the spiritual life. Um, and you've been reading 
Father Spitzer's book, Christ versus Satan in Our Daily yes, Lives. You so want to mention good. anything about that? Well, it's just really good. And I guess I realize how much I don't know about our own faith. And I think the more awareness we have of, of sin, of areas, because he goes into all the different sins. The deadly sins, yeah. And then he categorizes the, fir- the three, anger, um, pride, and lust. Is it, was it no, lust? anger, uh, pride, envy. and envy. I, what kind of sins are those? Because like, those uh, sins of vengeance. Yes. And, and I mean, just reading about it and looking at where we're at today in our culture and then just in our own marriage with our kids, it's just really helpful to say, oh, okay, this is part of that and that is part of this. And um, But with the different stages of spirituality, I think it's, it, it is a plan. It kind of lays out this is what's possible. So there's hope in that. I find faith in that. I find even encouragement. Not that I can attain these different levels, but just that there's more. Well, and you're called to, right? So these, this mapping out of the interior life, right? They're called the three stages of the interior life. It, it's a mapping out of how we grow spiritually uh, in, a, uh, in, in, um, in, a, in uh, the writings of St. John of the Cross is probably the most famous yes. writer, but he's not the only one that maps out the spiritual life according to these three interior stages of the purgative way, the illuminative way, and the unitive way. And then the dark nights of the, um, the dark night of the senses and the dark night of the spirit are the two uh, bridges that lead you from the first stage to the second. What the stage second are you at again? Third. Are you, is so, there like 1.5, I can't tell you okay. since, you know, I would be, you know. <laughs> you would get kicked out of the. I, I would fall if I were to tell you how <laughs> high up I was in the unitive stage. That's right. Um, and, and the reality is that it's, it's not hard and fast where you're only in the purgative stage and then you leave that behind and you move to the unitive. I'm sorry, to the illuminative and then to the unitive. No, it's, it's a journey inward and the journey inward is a journey upward or further and beyond. And so wow. that's why the purgative stage is about the senses. It's about learning to purge the senses of attachments to any earthly good or false good other than God. Yes. Right? Not that God's a false good. Right? But God is God is the true good that should be sought in any earthly good. So any beautiful music that you hear you should be be able to to leap from go through and encounter in the beauty of that music the beauty of god and his order as the source of the beauty of that music in its harmony and its proportion and all of that uh, any truth that you uh, any uh, beautiful sight that you see you should be able to see not only oh that is something that attracts me but you see god in that attraction right so that takes a purging Right, and so that shows up in, in so many ways, and then you move to illumination. You go inside; it's the powers of the soul, so your intellect, your imagination, your memory, and then ultimately there's the third way, which is the into the you go deeper in, and you get to the what to the heart, the spirit. Nice. And so there you dwell in union with the Lord beyond any movements in your senses or any movement interiorly. So it's a silent being present to the Lord. Let's go. Let's do it, Tom. You want that? You want you in want, on that? You want in? So that's that's what gets mapped out in the Ascent of Mount Carmel and the Dark Night of the Soul and the Spiritual Canticle and the Living Flame of Love, all those writings of John of the Cross. So, all right, we're up against the end of our program. I hope that you found this to be a blessing, just sort of walking with you this journey of faith in the, in, in the journey that we have as disciples of Jesus. All right, thanks so much for listening. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight.